Hello, and thank you for joining us on this edition of the Ended Up in Vegas podcast. I'm Nikki. I'm Megan. And today we're going to be talking about some of the best deals in the real estate market, specifically in Las Vegas. I have been selling a lot of new construction homes lately. Those come with really great incentives. Mm -hmm. And you have some information on some other options. Um, Yeah, things like owner will carry. So that's when an owner, you know, uses the equity they have to finance for the buyer. There are things like portable mortgages, which is something that I think we're going to see more of over the next couple of years as rates are high. Mm-hmm. Uh, wraparound mortgages and other other different financing vehicles to to make home ownership more affordable and more feasible for people. Yeah. So, where do you think the uh, when we talk about opportunities for investing in real estate for purchasing your own real estate as your primary residence, what are some of the things that people should look for um, and ask for in their real estate agent to help them find when it comes to making their their investment most affordable for them? So I think it's really just going to depend on the individual uh, scenario and situation. So if we're looking at someone who is a first time buyer. I think they should be looking for things like down payment assistance programs and grants that are Mm -hmm. optional. I've got one right now that uh, was looking at purchasing a property in a entry level starting price point and the payment difference between an FHA and, you know, um, I don't know if it's a rural housing department, which is basically the department of uh, it's not HUD. It's a different one. Um, They've got a loan program that is, a grant with uh, lower interest rates and there's like a $300 a month payment difference between Mm -hmm. FHA and this particular loan. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really good opportunities with different options where people can get in as a first time buyer. If you have a home to sell, you're going to need to be looking at other types of options, ways to, you know, if you have an FHA mortgage or something where you could possibly let the buyer assume that. So there's going to be a lot of other ways. And I think you need an agent that's well-versed on different different options that are out there. Mm -hmm. I think um, right now there are a couple new loan programs available. One is the nothing down that Mm -hmm. they just rolled out. And at the same time, they just reduced the FHA um, insurance premium. So that will change the price of things um, additionally. So in specific areas Mm -hmm. where those purchases are approved, you can get specific loans based on the location Mm -hmm. of the home that you're purchasing. Um, So I think those are important questions to ask your real estate agent and your mortgage lender. Mm -hmm. And the mortgage lender really needs to be the first point of contact whenever you're getting into, um, you know, looking at purchasing uh, a, a property and I've been doing, I think I this today I closed my third new construction deal in a row. The, the second question I would say is, what can you offer me? Mm-hmm. The incentives that are going to be offered at closing, like closing costs, um, rate buy-down amounts. Mm-hmm. I have uh, one buyer actually in contract right now where they did a 6% incentive Wow. Back. So they're going to do whatever they can. The lender is going to do whatever they can to cover costs for the buyer Mm -hmm. in way of closing costs and rate buy downs and whatever fees that they can cover with that money. Yeah. I think for if you're comparing a resale home to new, if I think incentives are going to be a big driver, it's going to be the only driver of new one there's just a lack of inventory mm-hmm. and people that are sitting on lower mortgages that are rates, you know, below five or below four, really, because we were in the 3% range 
those people aren't going to be selling. So you're not going to see the levels of resale inventory that would normally be driving our market. Mm -hmm. And so people are going to have to go to new homes and new home communities in order to find, to find something. And not many of those homes are on the MLS, right? So if you're searching Zillow, or even if you're set up on a search with your real estate agent, you're most likely not getting those. It's something that you have to mine for, and you have to have a real estate agent who is, um, you know, understanding of the specific area, who's building in it, where there are different opportunities, and also know when incentives come up, because sometimes builders will put specials on a home that they want to sell within the next, you know, few days to a week. And it's very time um, specific when you find that deal that you move on it. Yeah, I think it's important to understand that uh, home builders generally don't put a house on the MLS unless it's finished or nearing fin- nearing completion and they haven't sold it yet. So there's not a lot of incentive for them to put it out there and spend the time to put it on the multiple listing service unless they, it's already under construction. So in an, in a time where we don't have a lot of inventory, those homes are selling long before that. Most Most builders, and I don't know if this is going to get too granular, but most builders want to sell you the home and then build it. So generally speaking, you're only going to find quick move in homes that have either fallen out of contract or, or is with one of the builders that builds quick move in homes. Not all builders build quick move in homes and then some only do quick move in homes. So that's a little bit of a difference. So I think it's important to work with an agent and also to communicate with your agent that you're open to looking at new homes, because a lot of times if you're focused on resale, they may not even think to ask you if it's something that you're open to. So working with an agent that is very familiar and is uh, familiar with the inventory is really important. Mm -hmm. And some of the builders, I mean, you know, because you've worked with plenty of uh, builders, but some builders don't even use other sites that we utilize to find new homes. Mm -hmm. Lennar is an example of a builder who doesn't put anything on our new construction home site either. Mm -hmm. So it's very specifically, you need to be having your agent seek out the exact inventory that every particular builder has in the area that you're looking for, and maybe even areas that you're not considering to allow your agent to do the job that they're supposed to be doing to find you, you know, whatever it is, the best deal, um, the house that's going to make you light up where you need to go. Sometimes those things are unexpected too. Um, But talk a little bit about the owner will carry situation is something that people do not understand. And in a in an atmosphere where we have 7% interest rates Mm -hmm. and someone owns their home outright, um, what needs to happen for that, the the homeowner to legally sell the home with a note that they carry privately themselves for the new buyer to be able to secure a mortgage for Mm -hmm. less than what the prime market rate is? So are we talking about a true owner will carry or are we talking about a wraparound? Because those are two very different scenarios. So a true owner will carry is, and I'll just use an example of, um, let's say you have an owner that either owns a home outright and they don't have a mortgage or they have a considerable amount of equity and they're going to sell the home to you. And they are going to, instead of you getting a loan with a lender, you're going to have a note with the seller. So the seller is going to carry back a certain amount, whether it's all or some of the sales price, and they're going to be the lender on it. So the seller can then get interest payments over a period of time. So they're not as complicated, I think, as people think. Um, I've done quite a few of them, especially on land sales. But you just go in and the seller determines you and so you as the buyer and the seller determine how much that that note's going to be. And you sign some paperwork 
and you set up, there's a servicing company that will handle that. And you basically pay payments to the seller for a duration, whatever that might be. It might be two years. It might be five years. Uh, it just depends on what you amortize that over then. I know that's like a lot of jargon, but it's just not as complicated, I think, as people think. But something that a real estate attorney or another type of attorney needs to be involved in for you to legally drop all the paperwork and make sure that everything is is square. If there's going to be another mortgage on the property, I would definitely, and I think in, in all, uh, all cases, I think having a real estate attorney look it over, but uh, any real estate agent can do an owner will carry a financing addendum. And it's strongly recommended that you have an attorney look at it, but you don't need to. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how complex the the terms are. Um, I've done them on land where we didn't get attorneys involved and you just, uh, then they set it up with a servicing company and the payments and interest and stuff get handled by the buyer. So there's a fee for that and that's pretty much it. And then what happens if someone defaults? The defaults. seller or the owner of the property, uh, forecloses on it and they get it back. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of in, for a seller who has a considerable amount of equity, there's not a lot of, uh, or there's not a lot of risk mm-hmm. other than having to go through the foreclosure process and tell everybody about wraparound loans. So wraparound loans are very similar. So like, let's say I'll just try to give you some, some numbers. Let's say I bought a house, you know, five years ago for $250,000. Let's say that house today is worth $500,000. I now have $250,000 of equity and I have a mortgage for, we'll just to keep it simple. We'll say it's 250,000. I want to sell that house to you. You're going to get a loan. So you're going to get a loan from me for 250,000. Let's say my rates at 3% but I'm going to give you that loan at a rate for 5%. I'm going to make the difference. You're going to pay payments to me. And then I'm going to pay the mortgage holder that I have originally. And then you would get a second mortgage or pay cash for the difference between the current mortgage and whatever the purchase price is. So does that make you half loan service or half landlord? Um, you would do financing paperwork. So you would just be like a loan servicer. Mm-hmm. And there's ways to insulate yourself from that and do that through a mortgage servicing company so that you don't have to make the payments and they can pay it directly. Right. Now, um, next week, we're going to be talking about people who are in a mortgage currently that has a very low interest rate with a very affordable payment on it, Mm -hmm. who want to buy a new home, but they don't want to give up their current interest rate. Mm -hmm. And I think that before we talk about that, we discuss a little bit how important it is for you to look at your your individual situation with maybe it's not an attorney, but most certainly it is a CPA or other money manager or fiduciary. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just to point that out, it's it's going to be different for every specific situation. Absolutely. What, what's going to work for one person may not work for you, and you may have opportunities available to you that are going to be specific to your financial situation that aren't going to be uh, opportunities for other people. Let's talk a little bit about assumable loans because yes. I don't want to be remiss on that. Um, so an assumable loan is one that is only available from FHA and VA uh, loan products. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of a misnomer because there are some conventional loans that are assumable. They're just hard to find. But generally speaking, it's mostly FHA. I think all FHA loans uh, are, are assumable and all VA loans are assumable. The rules behind them are a little bit different. And I don't think we want to get into that now. But um, the first step is if you have an FHA loan or a VA loan is to call your your servicer and get the details 
And then, um, because I have a conventional loan and they, they did actually investigate it for me. And so Mm -hmm. it is possible. There's just, the rules are different and it depends on the servicer. It also depends on who, who actually owns the note. Mm -hmm. So there's just, there's a lot more layers to it. But the great thing about an assumable mortgage is that rate and also what's already been paid down on it. So if you have a 30 year loan and you've already paid five or seven years, the person who's assuming that is not only assuming it at that rate, but they're also assuming it with the, you know, the remaining term. So you can get not only get a lower rate, but a shorter term. Right. And now some, uh, some servicers, some banks will not issue you a loan on top of an assumable loan, mm-hmm. because in that situation, if you were to foreclose on the loan, then the second priority uh, loan would not necessarily get paid. Mm-hmm. So it's a higher risk for them and not all of them do it. But a lot of credit unions and banks, especially if you've been there for a certain amount of time, the larger banks do mm-hmm issue secondary loans. But it's also one of those things, you know, we work in real estate and that's how we feed our families. Mm -hmm. That's our livelihood. But I also want to make sure that people are empowered with information and are educated on what they have, because we have talked about how the people who have an assumable loan, you're really sitting on a gold mine. I think there's, and I think there's some intimidation on that. It if you're, cause I actually have a, a friend that recently sold her property and they moved out of state and I was like, she had an FA, uh, VA loan. And I was like, you know, that that's assumable. And she's like, yeah, we asked our agent about that. And I think there are some agents that's like, if it's going to be an extra, a few extra steps, they might not want to take the time to figure that out, but it really is. I mean, if someone can assume that FHA loan, um, mortgage assurance aside, insurance aside, because FHA loans generally, uh, issued, I think after what, 2013 or 14 have mortgage insurance for the life of the loan. Like barring that, that's still going to be lower than today's rates. There's just so much out there that if your agent isn't looking into it, you're missing out on like that is a huge, a huge opportunity to sell a home at a much, much lower rate. And that makes your home much more desirable than than your neighbors or another house around you. But it's only as desirable as the buyer's agent is educated enough to present it as such. Right. Because I think that if you don't have someone who recognizes the value of something, it's just like art. Yeah. You, from person to person, if they don't understand and know about it, then they just really can't market it very well and they can't explain to you the why of what makes it so valuable. And so, you know, I would just encourage if I had, if I had an assumable loan and I wanted to sell my property in Mm -hmm. the next 12 to 36 months, I would start like letting friends and family know Mm -hmm. because that's an opportunity even for an investor. I have an investor client who's looking for assumable loans right now. And um, the benefits that you get in not only not having to put your house potentially on the market. It's a lot of effort and energy to Mm -hmm. sell a home, Mm -hmm. to get it ready for sale, to move out of it, to keep it clean for showings. There's a lot that goes into it. So I just think, you know, if someone knew that, most people don't even know whether their their loan is an FHA or a conventional or a USDA or, v, you know, most yeah. VAs know. Um, but I think that that's something that if you know as a homeowner, you can um, capitalize on that as an investment opportunity for yourself. Yeah. And it's really easy. You just call your mortgage servicer and ask them. Mm-hmm. They have teams. They're very, very, they're very well versed on it. They can look into it and tell you what's, whether you have an assumable loan or not. And if you do have an assumable loan, like what are the, rules and parameters around it. I have a conventional loan 
and it's assumable under certain circumstances. So I could sell it to family. Okay. So immediate family, and they give you the list of the family that qualifies. Mm -hmm. So even though I have a conventional loan, it's not FHA or VA, I still have an assumable loan if I sell it to an immediate family member, brother, sister, mother, okay. I think grandparent. Um, so that it's really took me 15 minutes of time on the more on the phone with my mortgage lender to find out. And they give you all the rules and then tell you what you need to do when that time comes. So Isn't that's so great to know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing that's ever going to be bad with being armed with knowledge yeah. and ahead of time. Um, I would say from having experience, having a VA loan, I don't think that um, I don't really particularly like the idea of assuming a VA loan because it takes the eligibility status away from the service member who earned the but VA. Not always. It doesn't? Not always. And that's where I think it's important to talk to the, it's important to talk to because I think if you're doing, and it doesn't always have to be another VA borrower. So, right. you know, so I just think that uh, I've heard now I can't, I could be wrong, but I've heard from people that it's not always depends on the it depends on the service member's eligibility. Yeah, you're right. I think it depends on their status, their mm-hmm. rank in the military probably based on how much income they had coming in, how many years of service uh previous that they had. So perhaps that is true, but especially going from mm-hmm. someone who maybe served uh 8 years and would only have one eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I just wouldn't want to yeah, that would be a reason you probably wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to hinder a military uh, service member's ability to go and buy a home mm-hmm. with their VA loan in the future. Yep. So that's as a client, I probably wouldn't advise my my client to do. Yep. And I think that would be good advice. Yeah. So, all right. Well, next week, we hope that, by the way, we hope you learned a little bit about some of the deals to look into, Mm -hmm. uh, new construction homes, asking about owner will carry situations. I also think here's another just mention. If you're looking to buy a home and you see in a listing that the seller is only willing to accept offers of a certain loan type Mm -hmm. or a cash type or whatever, Mm -hmm. ask why that is Mm -hmm. because there are some deals that get done because somebody didn't ask, well, why aren't you willing to consider mm-hmm. an FHA loan? Mm-hmm. You know, and in the in the environment that we're in right now, appraisals are just where they are. Yeah. And not not a lot of people are, you know, coming out of pocket like they were in the last year, twenty, forty, eighty thousand dollars to buy a home. Yeah. So is the seller or their agent really prepared for that situation? Did they list it properly in the MLS? Like all the search criteria is very specific. So I would just say, keep an eye out, work with your agent. Um, We're very fine tuned to look at those things for our clients, especially when we're comparing properties and um, looking for the best deals for for our clients. So next week, we're going to be talking about uh, the large amount of homeowners who have a mortgage um, that are below 6% interest rate. Can you guess what the percentage of borrowers is who have a mortgage rate lower than 6%? Hmm. I would say it's got to be above 80%. It's 99% of borrowers. What? 99% of homeowners who have a note on their home are carrying one for less than 6% of an interest rate. So when we're talking about 7% interest rates, that's why it's... Uh, little bit of a mind boggler for most of us to understand. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that next week and some of the ways around, um, you know, figuring out how you buy a new home, 
when you have that low of an interest rate on your current home and how you can potentially cash flow uh, the current home that you have to be able to continue to live life, Mm -hmm. have the house that you want, move your family to where you need to be and have some other options. Yeah. And if you have any experience with any of these other type of loan programs, if you've done an owner will carry, if you have already done some of this research and you've, you've been through this, we'd love to hear from you. So those are the kinds of stories that we want to share because I just think the more information we have as consumers, the better decisions that we can make to build that generational wealth. Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this edition of the ended up in Vegas podcast. We'll see you next week.